overcoming anxiety. Anxiety or that feeling of anxiousness, uh, it makes the moment you're in absolutely miserable. Let me put it this way. If anxiousness were an edible fruit that grew, it would grow on the tree of fear. I have no doubt about that. When you examine yourself or when you have that uptight feeling, I find there's two places that can come from. It can come from fear or thoughts that are, I don't know, and I know the word subconscious isn't, or uh, subconsciousness isn't in the Bible, but if I'm using that word uh, today, I'm using it in the context of you have so many thoughts going on in your mind um, that in the background there's certain fearful thoughts that create a mood, and that mood affects everything else you're doing. For example, um, maybe you have a financial problem or something that's pressing, or it looks like you're about to have a financial problem. So you could be sitting at a table with a group of people and everybody can be laughing, but in the background, in your mind, you're really having um, a struggle because you're having thoughts about um, maybe uh, losing something or losing your home or um, you're not making enough money at your job or what's going to happen next month or you have certain bills that are due and you look at your bank account and you think there's no way I can pay these or you're in a lot of debt and it's just become unsustainable. So there's a lot of things that we're anxious about. Um, it could be the unknown, just not knowing what tomorrow is going to bring. Um, I know for myself there have been times where I would catch myself worrying about uh, what the future might be like. I mean there's plenty on, on today's plate, right? I mean, you've got plenty in front of you, um, whether it's having to do with your work or uh, personal relationships, uh, finance, anything, business. There's plenty that you could potentially worry about or be anxious about. So when you add what may take place over the next month or year or six months from now, then that makes it even worse. So worrying is like, borrowing problems from the future and bringing them into the present. But when I talk about anxiousness, sometimes we don't realize that anxiousness or, or worry is just another form of fear. It's a more subtle type of fear. For example, um, you know, if you heard a loud noise outside and you looked outside and there were a bunch of armed troops with rifles and uh, automatic weapons all pointed at your house and there was a spotlight and helicopter from the uh, air above, then, I mean, that would be fear, right? I mean, there's not, if anxiousness would not accurately describe what you might feel at that moment, the initial feeling that you would get just because you're a human being. So, but anxiousness is a little different because um, sometimes and it comes in different degrees, it lurks in the background, and you're not really aware of it so much. But it's there to the point where it can make your day miserable. So if you want to overcome anxiety, the first thing you have to do is you have to acknowledge it and you have to become aware that, you know what, the last hour that I was sitting here doing whatever, I was miserable because of the thoughts that were going through my head, or I was anxious. Let me get back to that word. I was anxious. I had no reason to be anxious because everything around me in the visible world was fine, but 
I started borrowing problems from the future. I started thinking about things that I had no control over. So whether it's the unknown, um, anxiousness about concerning somebody else, what they might do or not do, anxiousness possibly about loss or anxiousness about something that's happening on the job, anxiousness about money or, or failure of some kind, a lot of it comes back to a lack of control because you can acknowledge that there's really nothing you can do about it because if, it, if there was, you would do something about it and the problem would no longer be there. So this is where faith comes in, and this is where your relationship with God or perhaps your lack of relationship with God um, is affecting this situation. So Jesus put it really plain. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 12, verse 25. This is called the modern King James Version. It says, And which of you, by being anxious, can add one cubit to his stature? So you already know, logically speaking, you already know that being anxious about the situation isn't going to change the situation. But for some reason, you just keep looking at it and you can't let it go. And the reason is, is because... Deep down inside, I think people feel that they're the only ones that are going to deal with this problem. I mean, in the natural, you have your own life and you have your own responsibilities. But yet what people aren't conscious of, Jesus didn't say, don't worry. He didn't stop there. He went on to say about having faith in God. And he was what you would call the express image of God. In other words, as Jesus said to Peter in John's Gospel, um, or Philip, I'm sorry. He said, Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen God the Father. In other words, his personality, the words, everything I've been doing has been him doing it through me. Yes, they work together, but the words that Jesus spoke, he said, he only spoke the words that he heard from his Father, right? So when he was saying, which of you by being anxious can add one cubit to his stature, it's no different than God the Father saying, hey, um, which of you by worrying, what good is worry going to do for you? And it goes on to say actually how worry chokes out God's word. And right, faith comes through God's word. Faith comes by hearing the Bible says and hearing by the word of God. In Mark 4.19, it says the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust about other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So in in that scripture verse, okay, maybe you're not deceived by riches anymore, right? You've come to a point in your life where you realize that just having a whole bunch of stuff isn't going to make you happy. And maybe you've overcome the lust of other things. Uh, maybe you no longer want to have, uh, you know, um, $300 shoes or a $4,000 suit or I mean, you, you know, the lust for other things, or maybe it has to do with physical things. Maybe you've even overcome that. But it seems like one of the toughest challenges, even for uh, believers, is the cares of this world, right? Because every time you get online or you pick up a newspaper or the TV's turned on, it's just bad news. And the bad news is even anticipating more bad news. So to turn this around, of course... Um, in my own life, I had to limit the sources of bad news. And in some cases, that was uh, certain media outlets. I, don't, I no longer listen to what they have to say because all they do is they open up the door 
for the cares of the world to enter into my life, right? I can see what's happening in the world. I don't need it reinforced day after day after day, right? You can see what the works of darkness are. You don't need somebody to expound on them and send you video links about every little thing that's happening and how evil is at work in the world. Because if you see that over and over and over again, all you're doing is you're reinforcing that evil power or that evil ability that exists in the world, it's going to eventually magnify itself to where that's all you can see. So um, you may find it necessary to cut that off. You may find it necessary to cut some people off. Now, this is especially uh, tough if you're living with negative people or people who spread the cares of this world or the deceitfulness of riches or anxiousness, because anxiousness is a way of life for some people. I mean, they're anxious about driving to the store and picking up milk, right? They don't even, they're not even comfortable going out. They're anxious among people. They're anxious about this and that. So that anxiousness, of course, is rooted in, in, in fear. So identify what you're being anxious about. And then from there, find the promise or promises in the Bible that address the type of problem you're anxious about or the type of problem you're currently facing and make that scripture or scriptures the foundation for your praying and believing. I mean, there's plenty of websites, not to mention the Bible itself, which is online, where you can type in a word and you can find the scripture verses where that appears. So you could do a Bible study on worry or worrying, worrying or anxiousness. Or if you know part of the scripture, you can just type it into Google and it will pull up a bunch of Bible verses. Or you can do it the old-fashioned way and sit down and open a Bible and you can find the promises that God made um, where he promises victory or success over the type of problem you're facing. It could be physical. It can be mental. It can be spiritual. It can be circumstantial. There's promises in the Bible that cover that thing. So if it's not literally the same identical problem, it would fall under the same category. So find a scripture or two, maybe even three that inspires you to believe. Remember this praying faith, all of it at the end of the day, it's between you and God, right? So don't get caught up with religious ideas and um, do it this way. This is, this is a good way to approach it. Act as though it's you and God meeting together in the wilderness or on a mountaintop or away from everything and everyone. Because, you know, when the Bible talks about that day that we stand before him, you're not going to be standing there with like your, your husband or your wife next to you or your children or your best friends. You know, when it comes time that you stand before God, he's going to be talking directly to you. Just like Jesus, he said, it's to your advantage that I go away. He told his disciples uh, right before he went to the cross. He says, because when I go, God will, his father would send the Holy Spirit and he would be with you and he would lead you and guide you forever. In other words, the Holy Spirit, his ministry on this earth replaces or took up where Jesus is, I guess you would say, left off. But the difference is the Holy Spirit is now present in each and every person who believes. Your body, as the Bible says, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So you're never alone. You can't feel God, right? You can't see or touch him or reach out. And sure, there's manifestations that we see in the Bible, things that happen, but those are not 
the norm. And do they still happen today? Absolutely. But they're the exception to the norm. Some people that have like dramatic experiences, maybe they have like one or two in their lifetime. Or even if you had 10, think about it. I mean, 10 experiences over a whole lifetime, that still, there's a whole lot of every days in between then where you have to walk by faith and not by sight. Where the only way you can hear God speaking to you is by opening the Bible, reading the scripture, and having that scripture touch your heart. And when that scripture touches your heart, you have to have enough faith to believe that that's the Holy Spirit making that particular verse of scripture come alive to you. When the Bible becomes like, hey, this is God speaking to you. So uh, to finish up, I want to say you have to renew your faith one day at a time. Uh, I spent a lot of years anxious about money, always thinking like, it never seemed like there was enough money. And it took up so much of my thought life and so much of my time that I finally got to the point where I just couldn't think about it. I, th I thought, you know, this is miserable thinking about this kind of thing as much as I think about it. Um, you know, I, I would just wonder, am I going to have, because I own my own business, you know, am I going to have enough clients six months from now? Or, you know, if a client um, was late on their on their payments, in the back of my mind, I would think, I wonder if they're going to go out of business, you know? And if they go out of business, well, then I lose them as a client and I lose everything. I mean, and we're all tied together, really. So um, I got, finally got to the point where I just gave up worrying about it. I finally said, Lord, I can't think about this and worry about this anymore. I'm just casting your hands. I'm just going to live my life now from this point forward. And interestingly enough, everything started changing right after that. Everything started changing money-wise, and I began to increase instead of struggle and decrease. I began to increase because that's what faith is. Faith is a fight, but the Bible says that we who have believed enter into God's rest. There is a rest of faith it talks about in Hebrews, and when you enter into that rest, it's as though you've taken your problem, you've put it in a box, you've tied it up, You've given it to the Lord and he's taken it away. Even if it's not, even if it's still visible in the world around you, you don't have to look back over your shoulder because you know that God has taken that boxed problem that you gave him through your prayers and by faith and he's removed it from your life. He's taking care of it. When you have faith in somebody, you don't have to keep checking up on them to make sure that they're going to do what they said they're going to do. You have rest. You don't toss and turn at night wondering if that person is going to come through or not. No, that's the, that's the exact opposite. That's fear and worry. The Bible says for good reason that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Maybe you're the type of person you walk in love and forgiveness towards people, and that's awesome, and you should keep on doing that. Maybe you're the type of person that actually goes out there and gives of your time, of your money, and that's really good too. You should keep on doing that. But if you have those two things, but you don't have faith, you still can't please God. You have to believe that, like the Bible says, if you want to please God, you have to believe that he is, which means he exists, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if you believe that that's God's character, that he rewards, then your fear will be frozen in its tracks and it will begin to back up and you'll be able to push 
those anxious thoughts out of your life. They may still come. The thoughts of what if will come, but they won't have the power to anchor themselves in your thoughts and make your day absolutely miserable. They won't have the power to anchor themselves in your mind and torment you as you sleep at night or be the first thing that comes into your uh, to the forefront of your mind when you wake up in the morning. That's what it's like. That's what it's like to live by faith. That's what it's like to walk by faith and not by sight. All right. So that's it for today. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you have any questions, please let me know. Um, for more information, please visit the main website at www.faithtestedbyfire.com. That website again, www.faithtestedbyfire.com. Subscribe and you'll receive all the updates when a new podcast comes out. Thanks for listening.